When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody and welcome to the Talking City podcast brought to you by the Manchester Evening News. It's a lovely sunny day and joining me today is Mr. Cyberkowski. Simon, how is it going? Yeah, very well, very sunny. Although, you know, a sad day for for Man City Mm -hmm. and a bit of a a very sad time for them with Sergio Aguero leaving. But, you know, you, you can't complain too much when the weather is as it is. Absolutely not. But yeah, as I alluded to, we are here for a slightly more depressing conversation than the weather would suggest. But also join us today uh, for a special appearance, a rare one at that, Mr. Tyrone Marshall. How's it going tight? Hello, Dan. It's very good. Thank you. Yeah, it looks uh, looks beautiful and sunny outside. So it's uh, it's nice to be sat here in a small room talking to you guys. <laughs> of course, of course. And I'm personally looking forward to getting tired and side confused for the length of this <laughs> podcast, but I'll endeavour to do my best. So as we were saying, the big news that broke late last night it's, we've been talking about it for the last few weeks, um, debating on whether it happened or whether it had not. But for the, the bad news for City fans, Sergio Aguero will be leaving the club come the summer upon the expiration of his current contract. Um, it would be his 10th and final season for the club. In a statement um, he released last night on Twitter, some, a lengthier statement, some of it said, the task to maintain this well-deserved privileged position will remain on others. As for myself, I will continue to give it my utmost for the rest of the season to win more titles and bring more joy to the fans. Then a new stage with new challenges will begin and I am fully ready to face them with the same passion and professionalism that I've always dedicated to continue competing at the highest level. And uh, the praise was coming from elsewhere. Khaldun Almabarak called uh, Aguero's legend will be incredibly etched into the memories of everyone who loves the club and maybe even those who simply love football. Sai, what was your reaction to this news when it came last night? Because it came as quite a shocker. I, I still was kind of hybrid, if not hope, then kind of far as that Aguero would be staying for at least another year. Yeah, I, I think the overriding feeling is, is sadness that he's going. And kind of a, an appreciation of everything that he's he's done for the club and for the Premier League, really. You know, his achievements are, are phenomenal and it, it's been a, a sad season, really, um, because he, he's, he got injured at the end of last season. They missed him in the Champions League knockout uh, quarterfinal and the, the hope was that he would shake off those injury worries and, and show that he could was deserving of a new contract and could still play at the highest level and, and he's not really been able to do that this season with all the, the injury and, and fitness in issues he's had so I mean it's kind of it's a surprise it's a shock it, it's sad that you know such a great player is leaving the club but I, I think at the same time um, the way City are always marching forward it, it, it's not too unexpected, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ty, what was your kind of reaction when the news broke? I think around eight o'clock last night. Mine personally was really thankful I wasn't the one working the late shift. Poor Stephen, our newest member of the team, was the one who was saddled with that poor um, uh, that task. But yeah, what was your um, reaction when the news came through? Yeah, there was surprise at, at the timing of it. I guess eight p.m. on a Monday night of an international week it is a fairly strange time to announce the departure of the greatest ever goal scorer. Um, I think it caught a few people unawares and was was a bit of a 
like we say, a bit of a shock to uh, to poor Stephen and I was going to say in the office, but in in the home wherever he is at the moment. Um, but yeah, beyond that, probably not a great surprise. The writing seems to have been on the wall for a while. This season has been a complete write off, really, for for Aguero, and it, it has seemed that. City are kind of moving on for him, moving on from him. And I think it was perhaps on the cards that, that this was going to happen. But when you see it confirmed, it is, of course, a, a sad day. You know, he's he's been a phenomenal servant to City. The, the goals he scored are, are absolutely incredible. Like Sai said, he's he's probably, he's in the discussion, certainly, for the greatest striker the Premier League's ever seen. Certainly in the discussion for the greatest import the Premier League's ever seen. And he has just been a, a phenomenal footballer in you know, it's amazing now to look back and, and think of the doubts over him when, when Pep first took charge and, and the uncertainty that was over whether he'd fit. And I think a lot of people, when Pep arrived and in his first six months, maybe 12 months, thought that the writing was, was probably on the wall a, a lot earlier. And I think it's, you know, it, Aguero's goals will stand the test of time, but I think it's to his immense credit that he made sure he, he could be part of, of Guardiola's future and any doubts that Guardiola had about him were soon banished. And that's the type of thing that, you know, when people look back in, in a generation's time, they'll just see the goals. But I think that's part of the the, the Aguero mythology, if you want, the, the way he did resurrect his, his City career, when I think a lot of people probably thought it, it might be a, a sort of a, a culture clash between him and Guardiola. Uh, yeah, definitely. And I should add that his statue alongside those of Vincent Company and David Silva will be built for Aguero. I think, you know, it's quite telling, side that three years now, City have lost an iconic club legend, Company two years ago, Silva last summer, and now Aguero this coming summer. And well, I don't think it's particularly clear just yet whose kind of decision it was for Aguero to leave now. Was it Aguero wanting to go and because he thinks he can still be a regular starter? Was it City or you know wanting to move on or a combination of both, which is seemingly more likely? But it seems like City are just being ruthless. In the face of it, it's one dodgy, underwhelming season from Aguero, which is pretty much out of his hands. He's been injured for the first half of it, was then struggling with COVID and recovering from that. It's not like he's proven or shown that he can't do it anymore obviously it went a long time without playing without scoring in the Premier League but that was only actually 12 games on the face of it even though it was 12 months in actual time and I think it shows like a ruthlessness from City to just you know one season your player's not delivering he's gone he's out the window it's something kind of what it feels like Alex Ferguson would do at United's peak would always be regenerating, redeveloping new teams. Whereas now United, if you look comparatively, they still have Phil Jones on a contract that isn't going to expire anytime soon. And Andres Pereira's contracted to 2023. United, compared to City, United were so scared of losing players for free. They were handing out big contracts willy-nilly. You know, David De Gea is the best player, but best paid player in the Premier League. They're not going to get rid of him anytime soon, even though his kind of space in the first team is now under threat. Whereas City have no fear of getting rid of players who they think are past their peak yeah I, I think you've hit the nail on the head really um I think it can be classed as ruthless but ruthless in that sort of bracket of elite clubs winning and and moving forward and, and regenerating teams you know Aguero has had a horrible year with injury and getting fit and like you say like does he deserve to leave just because he's had that one year but if you're planning for next season and you know you want to bring in a top striker early in Haaland can you count on Aguero being fit again when he's not been fit for the last year? And would he be happy with a new striker coming in, knowing that that is going to affect his game time? When, as he said in his in his statement, he can still he still thinks he can perform at the highest level for for years to come. So you know, if anything, you were probably only really looking at a one year extension maybe for Aguero if he was going to extend. So you know, it it, it is ruthless. But I mean, you would rather 
especially in a summer which looks so kind of monumental for for Haaland. You know, City were in this position with Mbappe in 2017 and tried to get him and, and couldn't. Um, and Mbappe was kind of a game-changing signing. Um, and there's every indication that kind of Haaland will be this summer as well. So, you know, do you do you move forward and try and send off Aguero in the best possible way, which is what they're trying to do with the statue and, you know, Caldoun called him and hopefully they're going to have fans in to do that. Or, you know, are you stuck in 1999 or whatever or sort of relying on on past glories, you know, City have shown that they, they do want to move forward and uh, and will continue to do so. Yeah, definitely. And I think as like a sentimental kind of football fan, I think it's so sad seeing players from any club, from up at any division. It's really sad seeing them leave now when the time when fans can't come in. Obviously, we had David Silva last season, Aguero now. I remember a particular sad story of Aradouiz at Athletic Bilbao, who's like a stalwart there, 37 his last game should have been the Spanish Cup final. And obviously, he's had to retire because of injury beforehand. I think it's such, you know, COVID's obviously been horrible for a lot of us. And it's, you know, football's another thing. It's had a drastic effect on stuff like this. But Ty, let's say, is it the right decision for City? For me, even taking sentimentality out of it, I still think Aguero, if he was, as we don't know, but if he was willing to make take a more of a backseat role, more of a Fernandinho role, plays once a week, or, you know, comes off the bench here and there, I still think as a leader who's experienced, player who can do it and as, as I said still a player who there's no telling that he couldn't come back next summer after a full pre-season and come back and you know be back to his normal best not last year he still scored 20 odd goals like it's not like he's been spoiled goods for ages so do you think Ty that it is the right decision from all parties uh, I guess time will tell on that one I mean it, it, it smacks of a confidence from City that they will get a striker and the striker they want this summer I think if that happens the issue with keeping Aguero is is twofold really and that he takes up you know, it take up a significant chunk of, of the wage bill at a time when finances are a relatively hard pressed for every club after the pandemic. He'd play a bit part role. I mean, he's played he's played that this season, but that's through no fault of his own. And you've got to wonder at his, his age whether he would be willing to do that or whether he wants to play more often. And then you've got the the Gabriel Jesus factor. You know, he's probably disappointed already that he's obviously not the man to replace Aguero when when everything in his city career has been kind of building up to to this moment, you know, Jesus would have long thought that the day Aguero announces he's leaving is the day that he sort of inherits that role. But it's pretty clear that's that's not going to happen and that he's not, you know, he's not in that position. And if you keep, if you sign Haaland and keep Aguero, when, you know, Pep's only really ever going to play one striker. I know he's played them together very occasionally, but that probably wants Jesus down to third choice. And you've got to wonder how many minutes he'll get next season. And that's going to have a knock-on effect on his happiness at the club. So I think there's probably three factors in it there I would imagine Aguero is is probably keen to go and play football elsewhere and, and play regularly and you know there's always been talk that he probably wants another challenge before he retires and if, if City are as confident as you know we think about signing Haaland then he probably sees the writing on the wall for, for him at this club and I think it you know if that happens I think it certainly does make sense for both parties. Yeah we'll certainly move on to Haaland soon because you know we were talking about how many goals he scored against Gibraltar in the last podcast and he scored a big fat zero so we're <laughs> going to have to give him a bit of criticism as well as the undoubted loads of praise we're going to give him but you know Aguero he's an absolute legend at City as you said Premier League what are your kind of side what are your like fair either favourite moments from him apart from the obviously QPR goal a goal that I don't really like to talk about because it had bad ramifications for another club elsewhere in the Premier League that day you know apart from the obviously the you know the pretty much the most iconic moment in Premier League history of that winner against QPR to win the Premier League what are you kind of like 
favourite memories or standout moments, favourite goals. To me, one that always stands out was relatively recently, actually. The one against Liverpool in 2019, I think it was. You know, they were going neck and neck. City needed to win that to kind of keep a foothold on the title. I don't think either side actually lost since that game or dropped points, maybe. Um, if my timeline's right. That goal was so crucial and it was such a typical Aguero finish. You know, tightest of angles, smashing it in. I think that summarised his career up absolutely perfectly. Yeah, I think that goal should get a lot of love for the occasion. But, you know, the technique is incredible. Just like that is a top player turning up in a big game and, and making the difference. Um, I, I remember his debut goal against Swansea, which came, I think, when I was, yeah, when I will have been at university. There's like so many Aguero goals kind of like burned into my memory from long before I started covering them, which I, I guess kind of shows what an impact he had on the Premier League. I, I think on top of his goals, what maybe doesn't get enough of a mention is, is his personality and sort of what a guy he is. Um, I was speaking to a sort of former City youth player yesterday, uh, kind of before this Aguero news broke, and he was just talking about how whenever he was in first team training, Aguero was the guy who was just so good with him and joking around and, and everything. You know, he's, he's been on the bench this season, even when he's not been fully fit, just because he's such a presence in the dressing room. And uh, I, I mean... <laughs> If you'll indulge me a personal memory, I was I was fortunate enough to be at in Naples when Aguero broke the city's club record, and uh, we got to speak to Sergio Aguero afterwards in the mix zone, which is where players used to be able to come and speak to to journalists after a game. And uh, Aguero kind of never did mix zone stuff; it, you never got him, so it was like incredible that we could get him and Ty can attest to how frantic mix zones are at the best yeah. of times, especially on the Champions League night. You've got journalists sort of firing questions and you, you want to get yours in. And um, Aguero was taking questions in English and Spanish. And there was a time where sort of, you know, a few Spanish journalists had asked him questions and he'd replied in Spanish and I can't speak a word of it. So, you know, I didn't know what was going on, but I was desperate that, you know, he might be leaving soon. So I sort of butted in and was like, asked my question. I can't even remember what I asked, but, um, Basically, it turned out afterwards it was exactly the same question that he's been asked in Spanish. So there were a few kind of like embarrassed smiles, but Aguero didn't miss a beat, answered it properly, gave a different answer. And uh, it, it just kind of summed up what a nice guy he is. Um, and I'm sure there are far more stories that better tell that. But um, to me, what was, was the question? Like, I can't even remember. Can't even remember. But it was just a really nice moment. And, you know, to topped off just like a really memorable night a great team great performance and like a record-breaking goal Ty how about you like I, I think you mentioned earlier how it, it, what, when Guardiola came in it looked like Aguero's time might be up and I think he doesn't really get I think he's obviously everyone rates him as a goal scorer and as a striker but I don't think he quite gets as much kind of appreciation for just how smart a footballer is how to adapt his game from what it was to basically just being a pure striker to fitting into Pep's play. You know, Jesus came in, was one of Guardiola's first signs. He came in the January, didn't he? And that's because he wanted a striker to kind of, that would play his style, that would be able to do the press, lead the line and put heavy defenders and do what he wants to do. But Guardiola, no, Aguero, to adapt, you know, a fairly late stage in his career, where was he, 25, 26 at the time? To be able to go and adapt to a new, completely new style, which is so much more kind of not as rewarding as a striker. It's a lot more selfless than what you usually would do. I think he doesn't get enough credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. And, you know, I don't think it's any secret that Guardiola had doubts about that at the time. And, you know, when, when Jesus came in, said not long ago then, that Jesus would have always thought that when Aguero goes, it, it was his his time for 
to take the throne really but the moment when he came in that that first couple of months he was he was probably ahead of Aguero at the time in in Guardiola's thoughts and you know it, it's a, it was at that point that he probably thought he's going to be the main man and Aguero's on the way out here but like we say Aguero did adapt his game he worked with Guardiola he listened to the coach's instructions and he improved as a result and like I say he deserves immense credit for that and, and you only have to look at you know I mean the way Guardiola's teams play have changed a bit since his Barcelona days but you only have to look at the number of strikers at Barcelona that he signed that didn't work in a Guardiola system and that wouldn't sacrifice themselves for the team and you know, you also had the the Messi issue there, and that everyone was playing second fiddle to Messi. But you know, you look at the likes of Ibrahimovic and Eto, who just did not did not fit Guardiola's mould because they wouldn't they wouldn't do what he wanted. And you know, Aguero adapted to that and, and made sure that he was going to be a part of of City's future under Guardiola, whether the, the coach had doubts or not. And like we say, I think he deserves great credit for that. In terms of memories of him, it you know, the sheer quantity of goals and a number of hat tricks, a, a lot of you know, a lot of the moments. Sai is stolen already and, and mentioned. Um, but I would say, again, his debut against Swansea was kind of the moment that he announced himself, really. We all knew when he signed that summer from Atletico Madrid what a brilliant striker he was. But when you're you know, an Argentinian striker coming in from a team who at the time were probably third, fourth, maybe even fifth in, in Spain, there's always going to be doubts about how they'll adapt. But that game against Swansea, I think he came on with about half an hour to go. And from memory, he I think he scored twice and maybe set one up. And he was just, you know, he was absolutely electric in that game. And I think I think then everyone thought they could have a they could have a player on their hands here. And that's been proved most definitely correct. I think if memory serves, that Swansea game was actually Swansea's first in the Premier League and they just signed Michel Vaughan. And I think even though City won like 4-0, Vaughan actually got man of the match that game because he made so many mad saves. So it just shows how easily, you know, Aguero comes on and easily scores within minutes of his introduction sort of thing. <laughs> shows us how ruthless he was as a striker. My favourite memory, probably, I don't know if it exactly was, but it might have been the first time he ever played in England. But of course, it wasn't for City. It was for Atletico Madrid when he got sent off for Atletico Madrid against Bolton in the UEFA Cup. And of course, he's, no matter how many goals he scored during his time at City, didn't score against Bolton, did he? Oh, man, he's not going to get that and he's not going to get a chance to do that again because, you know, League 2 and that. But, you know, Aguero, he's still, he's 32, 33. He's still not that old. And, you know, if he can get over his kind of injury histories this year, there's no, there's no kind of thing saying that he can't go on to have another kind of great three years left of his career. We've seen David Silva's been playing really well in Spain. So, where do you see kind of Aguero going? Barcelona are the favourites at the minute. Then there's... um. Uh, any MLS club a second, Inter, who quickly become the graveyard for every player who's released from Manchester in recent weeks. Um, Napoli are up there. That would be fun. That would be very fun. And I feel, I, the one I kind of fancy, a return to Atletico Madrid, they always seem to be a team who kind of sign old strikers like they did with um, Diego Costa recently. That would be my... I think that would be not quite nice if not Napoli. So where do you see kind of Aguero going? Yeah, I, I mean, Barcelona are, uh, like you say, the favourites. I think there's um, there's there's Lionel Messi there. Certainly for mm-hmm. the moment, and uh, Aguero, obviously very close with with him. There's you know there's interest from a number of clubs across Europe. Interestingly for me, would be if any Premier League clubs fancied him, because you know he's been settled in in this country for for ten years, and he's shown that it's a league where he can score twenty goals plus a season if he's if he's fit. And I, I think there are a number of clubs that you know might be fancying a striker in the in the summer so instinct would say that he will probably go abroad but it it, it would be really interesting to see if um 
It'd be, be really strange to see him lining up in the Premier League for a, a club that isn't City, mm-hmm. but um, I think there's a few a few interesting offers out there. Well, Chelsea are a team who are known for signing strikers that are past the peak a few years before they should have signed them. Could that be a possible destination, Ty? Potentially, I guess. I, I mean, I've, I find it hard to imagine him staying in the Premier League and, and hard for... You, know, you wonder whether he'd want to play for another Premier League club and, and against Manchester City, but as we say, he is... You know, he, he is settled here. The financial offer could be good. And I guess, I, I you know, I don't want to keep mentioning when I know he's uh, he's later down our agenda, but you're looking at Chelsea and, and United being interested in Haaland as well. And whoever doesn't get Haaland this summer are going to have a, a hole to fill. You know, I think United is, is very unlikely. Surely I don't not. think he's going to be the reverse not. Tevez. But, you know, I suppose if Chelsea didn't well. sign Haaland, they might see him as a short-term alternative. But like I say, I can, I can see him going abroad. Um, I think Barcelona would be interesting it would certainly help keep Messi there you would think not sure about Inter Milan I don't think they've got two pennies to to rub together at the moment so I can't I can't see him going there um but Serie A would would probably suit him you know it it would suit it suits uh an aging kiss I guess um as Ibrahimovic has shown so you know following in Maradona's footsteps at Napoli would be pretty interesting um like you said going back to Atletico not sure about that one I, I think Simeone's pretty you know as phenomenal as he is he's pretty clueless when it comes to integrating attacking players into a, a system and I think it would be a, a waste of of someone's talent Suarez has managed to do it this season but beyond that every striker they sign seems to just disappear so I would I would I would hope that doesn't happen as, as romantic as it might be and that maybe you know maybe if we're looking for a romantic view maybe Napoli is the option yeah, I think that'd be class. And I, you know, as you say, the Maradona connection, I'm sure he'd become an absolute hero there. And as I say, I think Serie A would suit him because, you know, Jekko was still banging him in there and he must be getting mm-hmm. on to 40, you know. And Zlatan literally is 40 and still doing it. Um, would, well, you mentioned Messi there, Ty, and we're going to come on to soon, like, you know, obviously City's kind of replacement. Does Is this going to be a weird reversal? Because I always thought... I had the kind of inclination that City might keep Aguero as a kind of sweetener to get Messi if he became available because he's like I said, he's the best mates. Does Barcelona now make the most sense because of that? And like, does and as a result, you know, Barcelona have got the new president in now. It seems a lot more rosy over there, at least in that regard. Is the Messi to City thing? Do you think that's dead in the water now? He, I, he's 35, Jacko. I've just looked up by the way. He's done him a wow. great disservice. He's been going on um, for years. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, no, I don't think Messi's dead in the water to City, but I do think you know Barcelona will be encouraged by the fact that um, Aguero is is not staying at City and is free to discuss other moves. It kind of you know in the financial state that Barcelona are in, free transfer must appeal to them. You know, they're, the, well, they're getting one with Eric Garcia, aren't they? Well, exactly. I mean, you know, they had the chance to buy Eric Garcia for not very much money in summer, and they declined, and they had the chance to buy him in January for even less, not very much money. And uh, and they declined again because they, they've got no money. So, um, you know, if they can sort it for Aguero to come in, that would be a, a major coup for them and would also help their chance of keeping Messi, you'd think. You know, Messi values his friends dearly. You know, we saw what happened with Luis Suarez last, last year. So keeping, so Aguero, you know, being potentially open to a move to Barcelona would, um, would definitely help Messi. So I don't, I don't think it would make 
any chance that Messi could leave dead in the water for City. But mm-hmm. I, I think Barcelona would certainly be encouraged by this. How about you, Ty? Do you think, how do you rate City's... Do you think they should even go for Messi if he became available? We spoke last week on the podcast um, with Stu about, you know, if Haaland or Messi, City could sign one of them, which one would you go for? I think we all unanimously agreed Haaland would be the smarter choice, at least for the long term. But Messi, again, still offers amazing kind of commercial value. And he's still pretty, he's still the best player in the world, pretty much, give or take, isn't he? Yeah, he's still all right, isn't he? Um <laughs> So, I mean, it, it would be, I want to say more of a commercial signing than a football signing because he is Leo Messi. But, you know, the, the value would be certainly commercial and in, in increasing City's popularity and, and standing in the world. I think there's probably more pressing issues for them, such as a striker, probably a left back. And, you know, the position Messi plays, I mean, where, where does he even play these days? I think you could, you know, you could live without him. I don't think that team, I don't think you look at that, team now and that front three now and um, De Bruyne and, and Gundogan playing as the number eight. So I don't think you look at that team and think it's crying out for Messi at the moment. So I think there's certainly an argument that, you know, perhaps that that ship sailed last year and that they should just let it go now. But we do know what an attractive opposition it, it could be commercially. Um, there's obviously the, the possibility that he does a couple of years at City and goes to, to New York City. So you, you can see the arguments from there, but he would be by no means my top priority this summer if I was making those decisions. I, mm-hmm. I would agree that Haaland is, is certainly the more sensible choice. And I think mm-hmm. you, you'd probably look at a left-back as well before before you sign Messi, unless Messi wants to play left-back. <laughs> he probably could do it pretty well, to be fair. Could like. do a job, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't doubt his ability at all. But say the number 10 shirt, theoretically, will be coming free for him in the summer. But... As we've alluded to throughout this podcast, I think we all know who the most likely candidate to be taking that number, Mr. Erling Haaland. But today, Cy, um, it looked, Mino Raiola, you know, broke his silence, you know, in a similar vein to Piers Morgan and the fact that he never shuts up. Um, <laughs> talked, did an interview with The Athletic today and um, he said about kind of Haaland's, the other clamour around him this summer. And he quotes, he quoted as saying, I don't give a F, if I never if I never do another player with Man United, I'm not in their hands. I'm independent. Guardiola, question mark. I've closed the book a long time ago. Everybody knows what I think of him personally. He can say what he thinks for me personally. That doesn't sound too optimistic for either Manchester club in signing Haaland this summer. Um, does that, would it take any, would it be, be relevant at all? What what Mariola says in interviews to any potential deal? Would City kind of forego Haaland just to not deal with Raiola, like United wanted to sign him in January last year, but kind of pulled out because of um, sell-on clauses and percentage of future sales and stuff, all kind of engineered by Raiola. Will it be a potential obstacle to any deal? No, basically. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think you got the full quote in there, which was, I think you said, oh. um, Guardiola's an extraordinary coach. They might not like each other, but Guardiola's a, an amazing coach, he said. And I think that sums up Mina Raiola's um, sort of attitude perfectly. He he it was a great interview with him, and he, he his basic thing was that people might not like him, but they do business with him because he is the best or one of the best at what he does. And it's mm-hmm. the same with with Guardiola. You know, when um, they they've they've really not got on, but if he really didn't, he might not like Guardiola, but he still offered City Paul Pogba a few years ago. So mm-hmm. that tells you kind of everything you need to know. Yet yeah, Guardiola and Raiola don't have a great relationship, but um, does Raiola have a better relationship with United who slagged him off to high heaven when they were trying to claim that they were the winners out of Haaland going to Dortmund last year? I'm not sure they do. <laughs> Did Chelsea have a better relationship? I'm not sure they do. A City the best sort of option from a sporting point of view? And City have 
you know, City weren't happy when Laporte pulled out of a, a deal to sign for him in 2016. And in the end, they went back and bought him because the sporting need was greater than any petty squabbles. City didn't want to deal with Napoli after uh, the Jorginho sort of saga in 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they still found a way of speaking to him about Kalidou Koulibaly last year because the need for a centre-back... Mm-hmm. Um, outweighed any any personal issues so I I think you know I think it's very easy to make a lot out of Raiola's comments because he is so incendiary and and Guardiola's fired back at him before as Solskjaer has but you Mm -hmm. know I think ultimately Mina Raiola is is very good at doing business yeah and that's what he'll do this summer well, that's certainly good news for City fans, Tiger. I know I've, under the kind of replies to his quotes, there was a lot of either Chelsea fans celebrating the fact that he's going to go there instead, and then City fans a bit a bit concerned that the comments may affect the transfer. But if that's not the case, which hopefully it isn't, Haaland to City, it seems you know it's good. We've sought to length on this podcast um, in recent weeks about it. City seems the most perfect sense in the world. They've purposely planned to go and sign a striker this summer. They're getting Aguero's wages off the wage bill. They're going to have a lot of money. They should be the team to be able to go and do it, even if the latest reports of last week saying Dortmund had put a £150 million price tag on him. Yeah, I think it makes the most sense. And, you know, I don't think Minariola is as rich as he is by letting petty feuds get in the way of, of doing business. So, you know, I, I don't think that would come in the way of him dealing with United or City, to be honest. But City certainly does make the most sense. They're the team... I wouldn't say most in need because there's other clubs out there that need a striker, but they're the one that can give Haaland probably the best platform at the moment to, to score goals and, and realistically look at, at winning the Champions League um, and winning league titles. So you would certainly have City as favourites there. I suppose the issue, the only potential issue I can see is, you know, City have shied away from, from bidding wars previously at times and they will, they will stick to a valuation of, of a player and they have... You know they have walked away from from targets because other clubs have made offers they considered to be excessive. Um, I mean, you have to wonder what an excessive offer for Haaland would be when he, you know, he probably is worth over a hundred million pounds. But I suppose the risk is that if you know Abramovich turns up with a yacht full of fifty pound notes at, at Dortmund, um, wherever the nearest yacht station is to Dortmund, <laughs> um, <laughs> ports is the commonly known. Yeah, port. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> Let's cut that bit out. Um, yeah, then perhaps you know City might think that it, it's not worth it, but I, I would think it. You know, they they are certainly the most likely destination. My only concern would be if it becomes a bidding war. But I'm not sure any any team in a post pandemic financial world is really equipped to to blow other teams out of the water in terms of a bidding war. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing Roman Abramovich kind of sail down the River Rhine and um, try and get Haaland. But Sai, you wrote earlier today that you know City are confident of getting their man now and you know getting rid of Aguero. You know, Aguero leaving certainly seems like they have a confidence in being able to get their man. Do you think there's any kind of backup plans or who do you think another option could be should Haaland kind of not come to fruition? Because as we said, you know, Sai, uh, Sai said there, there is the first one, the first confusion we got there. Not too bad. <laughs> half an hour in, not too half bad. An hour in, good effort. Not too bad. You know, they did pull out of, you know, they didn't want to sign Harry Maguire um, for 80 million and stuff like that. Obviously, they probably were right not to sign Harry Maguire for that much money. Haaland over 100, certainly be an easy, you know, smash City's current transfer record if they were to sign him, you'd imagine. Can you see him going that far first? And I said, and if not, you know, if they do get outbid, and I don't think there's many teams who can outbid them. I think only Bayern and Chelsea would, maybe United would be in a position to actually do so. And who, if they'd actually, and if Haaland would actually go to them teams, remains to be seen. But if they can't get him, who do you think, who could you see him going for instead? Yeah, it, it's, it's very difficult to, to see an alternative 
just because kind of the the second most likely option would probably be Harry Kane. And not only is he older, but would also probably cost more than Haaland would to buy. So if you're turning your nose up at Haaland's price, why would you pay the money for for Harry Kane? I I don't know. I, I just think City have got their... They've been planning to spend a lot of money on a striker for for sort of well over a year, and it has become very clear over this season that um, that you know Haaland is is the number one choice, and like Mbappe was a few years ago, you know they need to sign him now because other clubs are interested. And with letting Aguero go this season, they know they need to get a replacement for him because they can't go into the season with just Gabriel Jesus. And I don't really think there's a name other than Haaland or, like I say, Kane, but would be more expensive. Um, the only one I could think of and the only one I think they've been linked with in the last year or so is Lotaro Martinez. But again, you're probably looking at a very similar price, a bit older and definitely not got as good a scoring record, even though he does look a very good player. Yeah, no, precisely that. And, you know, like there are a few Lukaku links knocking about. Mm-hmm. But he was like, well, why would you pay 80 for like Lukaku when you could pay 100, 120 for, for Haaland? Um, not to say that they definitely will get Haaland, but, you know, they're certainly in such a good position for him. And, yeah, I, I just think you can't go into a season saying, yeah, we've got rid of Sergio Aguero or Sergio Aguero is gone, the club record scorer, this legend. And in his place, we've got Letaro Martinez. That is a, a hell of a lot of trust you, you're asking. It's not marquee, is it? No, no, I don't think it is. Um, so I think they, they need a huge name and the, the fact that they've been willing to make their plans clear with Aguero so early points to, to the confidence that, that they will get, mm-hmm. you know, the success that they want. Well, Lads, that was. I think we played a fitting tribute to old Sergio there. I think well, you know only time can tell if Haaland comes in to replace him. And if you want, dear listener, thank you for listening. And if you want to find out if they do get Haaland, well, you've got to keep it on lock on uh, Manchester Evening News forward slash Man City. Thank you very much for listening. You can get us on Twitter at Man City, Facebook.com forward slash Manchester City. And you know, you know all the social medias are on the websites. Please like, share, subscribe. And yeah, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week, no doubt.